The McElroy brothers are not experts, and their advice should never be followed. Travis insists he's a sexpert, but if there's a degree on his wall, I haven't seen it. Also, this show isn't for kids, which I mention only so the babies out there will know how cool they are for listening. What's up, you cool baby? It's familiar, but not too familiar, but not too Having a wonderful candle night. Countdown is on to candle lights. Uh, we've got just ten more candle lights days till candle lights. Uh, Hardcover night sweet candle nights all seem. A to lot say of the- people seem to be asking when it starts and when it stops. There are obviously more than one day involved in candle nights. Can you guys offer any insight? By the way, this is my brother. My brother made advice from the monitor. I'm Justin. That's Travis and Griffin. Hi. I- I think that the beauty of candle nights is that it starts when you feel like it and it ends when you don't feel like it anymore. The way that I track candle nights, and it's an elusive beast, is with my handy candle nights advent calendar, which, oh, I need to actually pop open the current day on. Let me give it just, sorry, one sec. It's another condom. <laughs> oh, man. This is like, the, tw- this is like the 22nd one. This is Canton Lights. This is our. This is not our Canton Lights show. We'll be recording that live in Huntington, West Virginia. You can tell on the December difference. December twenty first. You can tell the difference because we're fucking cussing this one. That's one week away. Less Fuck than six the bell. days Seeds now. The By the time you're listening to this, if you want to come out, come down to Huntington. There's some tickets left. Go to bit.ly forward slash Canton Lights Live. Come on out. It's gonna be a real special time. It's Everybody's gonna be-, gonna be there. Literally Every- everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Mm-hmm. Simpson? That was the first one. That was the Anani? first name. Yeah, but O.J. Simpson, too. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> What's wrong with me that that was like my pull? You're broken inside. I think I might be broken. Uh, O.J. Simpson's going to be there. Kato uh, Caitlin's going to be there. <laughs> Judge Lance Francino's going to be there. Oh, man. All the hits. All the great All the great folks are going to be there. Orenthal, James Simpson, he's O.J. Also. He's also O.J. Simpson. Uh, and the Simpsons. We're going to have people dressed as the Simpsons. And J.O. Uh, Simpson. And he, I, <laughs> I hate that dude. He's my least favorite of the Simpsons. Worse than the double murderer. Not, wow, not a cool dude. Apparently. Well, you can at least be in the same room as the double murderer. You know what right. I mean? With, with J.O. Simpson, it's just a, there's, a, there's a lot of detritus. Uh, this is our advice podcast. Uh, this has been such a thrilling week. Um, before we get too much further, I want to thank everybody who uh, uh, we had a uh, sort of a, an impromptu charity drive called MBMBAM Angels, where we tried to uh, fill a bunch of empty stockings from the Herald Dispatch. They put published this thing called Empty Stockings, and uh we we got it in our heads that maybe we could help some of those folks and uh you you find people really rose uh to that call there were 101 uh people on the list uh and at this point 93 of percent of them have had their uh their needs met by by uh you find folks 
So uh, thank you so much to everybody who like participated in that. You're you're awesome. I don't understand uh, people who like make because here in Austin, everybody makes a career out of working in a nonprofit, right? Um, but as far as I can tell, it really just takes like eight minutes yeah. to like to like change the lives of an entire city. So like, what what the hell are you guys doing with the other? The other yeah, stop wasting your time and just fix these problems. Just fix them. It just takes fix eight the minutes. cities. Just That's fix the all m- the cities. The Mabim family did. They they looked at this issue and they're like, let's fix this together. Next next uh, year we're going worldwide. Huntington's yeah, great, but we're gonna we're gonna see if we can't no, shine. I want to make Huntington even better. I want to really next year. Huntington. Next year uh, we're gonna get all the MBMAM angels together to fix the roads in Huntington. Yeah, yeah. Next year, just come out with a shuffle. That's mm-hmm. that's the new thing. Um, uh, but anyway, thank you to all of you folks. We're gonna record some thank yous uh, after we're done recording here. Um, and if you don't get yours in like a week or so, you probably didn't email us. So email us MBMAM at MaximumFun.org, and um, we'll fix you up. And stick around for after halftime of this episode, we have a very special guest. Oh, man. What a what a thrill. Do you want to say who it is, or do you just want to, they, like... They me? probably figured it out, because it was in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you, right. If, okay. if not, it's Bill Corbett. He is, Bill Corbett. Uh, he is a wonder. He was really funny, too. Yeah. yeah. A little funny. Anyway, that's a big show we got coming for you. But first, we're going to do some of our classic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these so are just real patented MBMBAM goofs. Get ready for some classic material, because uh, we're going to take your questions and turn them alchemy-like into wisdom. Here we go. I recently visited a friend of mine who just bought his first house. I know Justin and Griffin are homeowners, and Travis moved to L.A., but I don't know if he rents. I do. It's none of your damn business. How I- different is homeownership from renting an apartment? Is it worth it? And what should I know beforehand? That's from that's Jeremy in the seventh circle of dwell. Just <laughs> pretty good. I, I I've never been a homeowner, uh, so I I cannot speak to this. I can speak to the renter side of it. Um, I I enjoy renting immensely. Okay, but we see we can smoke all fucking day long in our house we can just like rip open a carton of marls and just like <laughs> crush the whole box in one day and be like fuck it like the windows are yellow and it stinks in here it smells like an elk's lodge griffin like, have you ever thought of just tearing open the like the ends of the cart like both ends of the carton and just lighting all of them sometimes at once i do that just like and a, smoking like a giant harmonica well i don't do that no but i will just like sort of rip it ignite it and then just have like a grandma potpourri you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's really the final level of adulthood and you you may think that you are ready for it when when you actually buy a house you are not ready for it Uh, because it's still very bizarre to me that there are whole areas in my house if i open a door to them and i look at them i don't know what they do like i don't even know what they are or like why they are. I had a thing. Do you this, live in the Winchester house? What are you talking no, about? No, you open a door to a closet. You're like, what is this? No, I'm talking. Okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to turn the furnace on for the first time. I, I guess it would have been a month or so ago now. I go down to turn the furnace on for the first time. And I see this thing called uh, that's like a humidifier that's sort of like built into the system there that like, as far as I know, I've never used. And I was like, whoa, I could be having more humid air this mm-hmm. whole time. But I didn't really know how it works. So I kind of turned some things and t- opened a valve and did all that kind of business. And I was like, mm, okay, humidity, ahoy. 
I go down three days later, my basement carpet is fucking soaked. Like literally standing water in my basement carpet, water everywhere, because this thing just, apparently it's like humidifying jam, it's just spitting water randomly. Yeah. So I ruined my house. <laughs> so, so, you just, so you just boarded up the basement and you called that one a loss. I don't, yeah, I don't have that it's room a, anymore. It really is like a weird- It's Island. <laughs> it really is weird, like, how many times have you been in your attic, Justin? Uh, twice a year. Once to get the Christmas lights out and once to put them back. Okay. I, I've, I've been in our attic uh, twice. Uh, once when we, like, right when we moved in. And then, uh, again, when our HVAC unit up there stopped working. And that was after that we had roofers come and replace every single shingle on our roof a month after we moved in. Homeownership fucking rules, you guys. Um, and I realized that in nailing those new shingles in, they had turned our attic into a fucking Hellraiser pain box uh, because there <laughs> are uh, infinity nails coming through the ceiling. It's like an, it's like a goddamn Iron Maiden up there. So no, I, I don't think, think I don't think I will ever be going into that room again. Thanks. What on earth were you planning to do about your broken HVAC unit when you went up there? I thought I was, got what this. What was your Did you think there would be a switch that said broken <laughs> and you would just flip it to fixed? Like I, is that is that what you were hoping for? He was going to reason with it. I went up there, I was using my phone's flashlight and I had a fucking uh, hex wrench from an IKEA cabinet I had bought. And so I was <laughs> Were you ready could, to do battle with it? Like I was seeing what I could do up up just just surveying the you know what? Yeah, honey, I tightened a couple of hex bolts and it started working again. Apparently, you're, just all the hex bolts were loose. You're laughing? I used that fucking hex wrench to fix our garbage disposal. So you don't know anything about shit, do you? <laughs> it's, it is the universal nano tool. Um, how so what, is it, what does this person need to know before they get a house? You don't know. You real, Please realize, like, you don't know. Be, be prepared to be reverted to, like, baby state. Especially with, like, buying a house. That process is in scrutable yeah. i still don't know if i bought this house our, our realtor <laughs> no one's gotten rid of me yet our realtor would just come to us like hey i need 300 dollars for the and i'd be like yep here you go take it it's yours now i i never had that money i guess were you buying the house from the ancient ones yeah it was a deep tongue <laughs> i hear that it's a really i got a really great deal on this house but except for that the walls are full of rats yeah and the seeping floors there's this floors I are well that's justin's Oh, yeah, Justin has this. I would say for my money, like, I'm so happy being a renter. Like, Teresa and I have, have often considered homeownership, but, like, I don't know. I think what's always scared me most about it is, that like, the permanence. And I know you can always sell your house, but in this market, it seems like such a permanent Oh, this decision. market. The problem with renting is that you're just putting your money into a shitter, and you're shitting on it, and then you're flushing it. It's, it's insult to injury. How are you paying your rent? Huh? Is that oh. how you were paying your rent? I pay it to my landlord, Mr. Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, it's it's an investment, Travis, in yourself, in your family. Yes, yeah, but now I live in Los Angeles where it costs $2 million to get, like, the smallest home ever. Right, but you get that, and then the next year's worth $3 million. You just mm. need that initial investment. And if you need help to, with money, Travis, I've always told you this, you can come to me. You'll give me $2 million? I will give you, I could probably break you off a couple G's. Okay. But that's, you know what? You put that in a jar. You guys want a Yahoo? Absolutely. This Yahoo was sent in by Rachel Sperling. Recognize that game. Take your game, take a minute, and recognize it. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Ladies, get to know your game. Uh, it's by Yahoo Answers user Mahalkita. 
Mahalkata, I think that's a Pokemon, who asks, should men start wearing cock pieces as a fashion accessory again? I think you've missed it. I think you missed the word a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> you were off by a little bit. Um, additional details. Would you wear one? A cock piece? A cock piece? Should men start wearing dick flaps again? Uh, no. No, you shouldn't. But should we? I will say this. Having worked at the Shakespeare Company, like, every time, there's something about it that when you wear one of those, you tend to strut. Like, it's hard not to just leave. Well, that's because your gate has an extra flap there that you didn't plan for when you woke up that morning. I mean, you do have to have very wide thighs, or else you'll, you will chafe on your codpiece. But it's uh, one of my favorite examples. Jeremy Dubin, every time we had, a, a, a like, a student matinee, in a show that had cod pieces, he would have to get up like first thing, just go out and like give everyone a solid like minute and a half to laugh and just get it out of their systems. Well, and yeah. So then they could enjoy the show. But he had, um, I don't want to put him on blast on our uh, incredibly popular radio broadcast, but he had, let's call it an abnormal cod. Yeah. And the things he could do with it. It was like puppetry of the penis. Did you guys know that cod is actually Middle English for scrotum? That's not a joke. That's a real thing. Wow. Learned something new today. Something so, really So useful. when you call someone a codfish, like Peter Pan does, you're calling them a scrotum fish. Basically, yeah. They, oh, you, Peter Pan. Peter Pan, how could you? Um, can we bring this? Listen, fucking, like, the the new school of thought for, like, manliness which is such garbage bullshit like with with fucking fashion axes right like it's so it's everything is so terrible and so dumb i could see like listen you're you if you really want to accentuate your masculinity put this little parachute over your dick like i could totally see that becoming an actual thing and if you think about like our current like dress, what am I gonna have a cod piece on my jeans? On my jean shorts? Oh like, fuck, that's a look right there. Yeah, that's I a whole a, lot of luck. I sewed a cod piece on my utility kilt. How would that that wouldn't even work because then it would become pants again. <laughs> I accidentally turned my utility kilt into pants. Into pants with a weird dick part on it. <laughs> um, I feel bad. What is a cod piece? Oh, Justin, we've been doing the whole bit. You should have asked us. This is, we've been doing this for two and a half minutes. You were too embarrassed. I, tried. I was hoping that through your context clues, I could weave a picture. It's, uh, it kind of looks like a canoe of fabric that you put over your junk. Um, to what men, men used to wear hose, right? Hosiery. Yeah. Um, but it didn't really do a great job in that zone. And so... Um, like dudes started to like when they would sit. I'm reading a, a. This is from Art of Manliness, which like great. I love that I've given this website my business. Uh, when dudes would sit down with these hoes, um, uh, their their you know their tunic would ride up, and it's like, hey ho, my cod is out. Is what they would say. Oh goodness, okay. my oh goodness, my cod. Huzzah, my Huzz- dick. Huzzah, um, behold. My macod, um, and so they began to cover up their cod with a little dick tunic, and it was just a little piece of linen that just sort of wraps wraps around it like a little uh, like mummy. a little pup a pup dick tent. mummy. Okay, 
can I just jump back real quick to say that if on the website, The Art of Manliness, like uh, if it doesn't just say like, I don't know, be like a person, just, just do whatever per- you just want. Just do a thing. No. Then that, then that website is dumb. Um, Man. My Art of Manliness, you know, my secret to The Art of Manliness, you just flex when people aren't <laughs> expecting you to. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Jeslyn, could you yeah. name a situation in which you would flex, in which people were not expecting you to, and suddenly it would be uh, very positively all about you? DMV. Okay. Uh, Line of the DMV. Because people walk past and you're like, that dude is stacked. That dude's ripped for days. That dude is manly as hell. And look at that cod piece. Oh, there's he's a picture. He's selling it. There's a picture on this article. From- <laughs> there's a picture on this article from... Um, Batman and Robin. No. Oh, okay. Do you no. think that it, it's like, you know how when people get really flashy like sports cars and everyone's like, oh, compensating for something. Do you think like the baller move with with a codpiece is to get like just <laughs> a really smallest, little one? Yeah, oh, the smallest codpiece. Yes. Like, I don't even care. I don't fucking care. Whatever. Yeah, this is my tiny dick. Uh, one that is so small that you actually have to tuck your actual physical material zone. Mm-hmm. It's a false flag zone. Your corporeal some- zone. Right. And then someone comes up and stabs you in it, and you're like, nothing. You did, there. you did nothing. Better luck next time. Where did his dick go? You'll never know. <laughs> Smooth like a Ken doll down there. <laughs> Check my butt, and then you look at the butt. What is that? It's a rear cod piece. You fool. <laughs> You've fallen for my false flag. I've, I've false cod pieces for days. My false flag cod. I'm going to stab that one. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Right armpit. Holy shit! <laughs> He's cods toe to tip. <laughs> this guy's all cods. It's like a house of mirrors. You just keep shattering them, and there's more. It's like a house of lies with Kevin Spacey's cod piece. House of Wait, lies is not the name of this. House of lies. I think it is. I that's, think that's the Don Cheadle show. Oh, damn it. Uh, uh, man, I could have made a reference to Don Cheadle's cod piece, and it would have been a great You could have made so many references, <laughs> I Justin. I could have made all the references. Another question. Hit it. A co-worker of mine recently started sporting a single black glove on her left hand every day. Is there a polite way for me to find out why? Fashion statement, medical issue, aspiring magician? I need to know. Additional details. It looks like a one-size-fits-all cotton glove. No embellishments or markings. As from Ansi in Austin. Can I tell you what this co-worker is doing right? Create an air of mystery. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Is it possible that somewhere under that glove is a cod? Ooh, Possibly. For days. For days. <laughs> I, um, I, I love this idea because if it was flashy and showy, if it was like a sequined glove or like covered in rhinestones or shit, like you wouldn't be that in, but there's something about just the plainness, the unadornment, like you're not trying to draw attention to it. You're like, I have to know. Why are they doing it? Because it's clearly not to draw attention, and yet it is drawing attention to me. Take a lesson, everyone. This is how you do it. This, this is, is how a, you affect something. This is a real, this is a real like, uh, uh, gateway to becoming fully a mysterious person. I, and, and some people have already gone so far down this road that it wouldn't that a, a glove wouldn't raise an eye. If you saw Prince walking around LA, perhaps shopping at a candle store, and you saw that he was wearing a black glove on his on his on one hand, you would not give it a second thought. You would think, oh, it's Prince. But there's another yeah. dude who could also just start wearing a cod piece and no one would be surprised. 
Well, yeah, I, yeah, he could start wearing a codpiece and probably start wearing a co- start, <laughs> start wearing a codpiece. Um, I mean, you gotta ask, right? That's why they're wearing it. Well, there's two situations. They're either wearing it because they want you to ask, or because they explicitly don't don't want, want you to ask. ask. Are they trying to hide the fact they have six fingers? Can I just say, like, wouldn't it be crazy Count if Rugen. this person was like, oh, I got engaged last night, so I'm going to wear this glove, and then someone's going to ask, and it's going to be a big reveal. And this has been going on for three weeks, and no one's asked. But Someone like now, just, just ask. My please, pinky smells terrible. Please just ask me so I could do the reveal. Why is everyone so afraid of asking? I feel like you have to ask now, or it may already be too late. Because if you wait too much longer, you're just going to walk up and go, what's with the glove? What's with the glove? Because you've held it back for too long. They're dying for you to ask. Oh, they want you to ask so bad. Just ask them. Just ask this one question about the glove. What if they, they've been waiting this whole time to ask, and on the like the palm of the glove is written, talk to the hand, and they're just waiting oh, for that moment to ask. It's a like, great, what? It's a great bit. It's a power play. It's a long It's a long. Is game it a power game. glove, perhaps? Is it a, maybe a power glove? Are they going to maybe play some rad racer after work? Mm-hmm. They're catch ball. That was catch an NES game, ball. I think. Yeah. I think it was called Catchball. Catchball. How about another Yahoo? Man, what if it, Black Glove is like a thing that's like worldwide and we don't know it because we're just like not keyed into current Like events. it's a Red Hat kind of thing? No, I don't think it's Red Hat kind of thing. I'm saying like it's a legit protest about issues. Oh. Oh. Not, not an elderly lady social group. Probably not. Do you guys want a Yahoo? Please. This Yahoo was sent in by several people, uh, including Anthony Delacurti and Sean Moran. Thank you, everyone. It's by Yahoo Answers user whatever. Uh, Who has the most Yahoo points I've fucking ever seen. 78,053 Yahoo points. Fucking get out the game. Retire. You're done. And the Heisman goes to whatever. Whatever asks. What would happen to our world if all of a sudden potato chips stopped being made? (gasps) Whoa. I, I'm saying that this is going to lead to a complete and total uh, de- just a decimation of our of our society. Sometimes you just need that crunch. Can I, and can no I, corn products, no rice products are going to fill the bill. I mean, the fact of the matter is, as soon as one thing goes away, even if you're like, there's still pretzels, but as soon as you tell everyone, like, everything else, still fine, still plenty of everything else, but there's no more potato chips, everyone then is going to instantly want potato chips so badly. You're disrupting the ecosystem, right? Like, we have to eat potato chips. Humans right? do. Because the potato <laughs> yeah. chips eat the M&Ms. Right, and if, if we... If there's no more potato chips, first of all, Eminem overpopulation is going to kill us all. Uh, but that won't matter because we're all going to die anyway because our main food source is now gone. And you know mm-hmm. what that means? That the leopard seal uh-huh. is gone because yeah. we're fucking dead. And, and the le- they eat us. They have they to eat us. eat us. Yeah. Um, because of that, they also eat penguins. Penguins are going to be all over the place. Going to be penguins and Eminems. It's going to be the best apocalypse ever, but we're not going to be around to enjoy it. Because we ran out of potato chips. Because we ran out of. Because we ran out of crisps. We don't have any more vitamin Pringles. We don't. Now here, now here's the question that I would have for you: If potato chips in this world, crisps, potato chips are crisps. Sorry, are no longer uh, made. Are we to assume that French fries are still extant? And if so, ooh, aren't people like smashing them with a hammer and then putting them in a fryer later and just 
they do that. And, oh, and this is such a good question, Justin. Is it that we've suddenly forgotten the existence of like how to make potato chips, or is it like they've all been beamed off the surface of the no, planet? No, because if we fucking forgot how to make potato chips, somebody would fucking figure it out in like half of a second. Like, ah, these French fries are too thick. I gotta fry these things. Mm, mm, but that's mm. the question: Are we talking like they're no longer being made, or they no longer exist? Because oh, you're talking about hoarding in this situation where you stomp down some French fries, throw them in a fryer, you pull up the fryer basket, and it's, <laughs> it's empty. empty. Where it's did they empty. go? The happening to starring nobody. Nobody agreed to do it. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> no actor. Just no chips. It. No, I have to turn this one. I have to turn this one down. Did I am, you guys hear about the Sony leak where they were thinking about making the happening to where uh, <laughs> he did all the potato chips? Nicholas Cage was like, "This is." <laughs> I sorry. This is my first time saying the word. No, I'm gonna no. Morse code tap it out on the Hold table. Potato, just I love potato chips, but this is just too. This is a bridge too far. <laughs> Plus, I'm too busy doing drive angry shot in 4D. So where you can smell it, you can smell it, and we have potato chips in the picture. So I'm gonna do that. I signed a non compete. It's produced by Lays. <laughs> How um, fast would technology evolve if if the potato chip didn't exist? How fast? Because we have so much time in our hands because we're not just fucking chomping? Well, yeah, we've been dropping stuff constantly because of the grease and the salt, and now we can right. actually hold our Bunsen burners and beakers and such. Yeah. <laughs> my science accoutrement. My fingers are delightfully non-bloated. Let me type out some code. Oh, world hunger's gone, which is weird because there's no chips, so, like, what's the point? But I guess if you want to eat shitty garbage... Would taro chips still exist? Would you still be able to eat taro chips and like? No, Justin. That's how you chips? tell the future. It's stupid. Uh, would you? Okay. What about this? Would potato skins, mm-hmm. the potato chip, <laughs> those made would survive from, <laughs> from potato skins? Would that still exist? Those would survive. And let's just say, invest in potato skin stock right now. What about but, Pringles? It's just com- like compressed potato. Oh, flakes. come on. Mm, yeah, actually, legally speaking, they can't call those potato chips. They they have to call them crisps because of big potato made it so that they had to do that. So they would probably survive. And Mel- Melissa, Melissa Pringle, heiress to the Pringles empire, is actually doing twenty five to life in jail because she she just wouldn't stop calling them chips. That doesn't. And then they mean, got her. They found her in a they spider fucking hole. Fucking got her. It, got was her. A, it was a sting operation. Recently, a good friend has rapidly become my best friend. He's like a brother to me now, and vice versa. As such, I've gotten him a book and a t-shirt for Christmas. Nothing extravagant. Do I need to give him advance notice that I had gotten him something? I don't want him to feel bad if I give him a gift and he has nothing to give me. Of course, getting presents is always fun, but this really does come from a place of wanting to avoid awkwardness and not greed. Brothers, how can I give my friend a gift without making him feel shitty? That's from Altruistically at Sea. You gotta tell him. Okay, but how? Hey, uh, no big deal. I, I just want to let you know that I uh, got you a couple things. They're, they're, they're not super expensive, but I just wanted to give you the heads up. For me, like, where my, where my anxiety tends to rear its ugly head is in situations like this, where something that seemed like such a normal, good idea, but then I'm confronted with having to, like, voice it out loud to someone. I guess, like, the fear for me would be saying, like, hey, dude, just no big deal. I got you a Christmas present. And then their response being, why? The like, best. Uh, the, well, no, uh, that's not. Uh, they're not going to do that. The, the best feeling 
in the holiday season is getting somebody a good gift. The worst feeling is receiving a gift and not having that feeling of getting them a gift. So don't do that. Like you, 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 once you reach a certain age, you gotta start thinking like that. Like the gift you are giving them is the feeling of satisfaction of giving you a stellar Christmas present. But is we have emergency gifts on hand. Just try that. Have yeah. like a nice bottle of vino wrapped up like you cared. And then it, just get ready to give it to them. It, but Maybe is there not something to be said for like the idea of just if you feel this way and you guys have become this friends and you felt like getting him a gift, like the faith and trust that maybe he felt the same way? No, like, no. absolutely not. No, okay. that's a different society that you're living in. You just, described, you just described utopia, Travis, and that show got yeah. fucking canceled because of freewheeling ideas like that. What if you made it a little more cash than Griffin's suggestion? You were like, I'd love to, we, we need to get together sometime. I've got a couple things to give you, no big deal. That just Ooh. gives them some advance notice, you know what I mean? I like, like that. Thank you, I thought that was I like good. that a lot. Can I elevate it? Elevate it. Why don't you tell them, I feel like we are best friends now. I feel like we have been elevated to best friend status, and I looked online, and they said the best friends get each other Christmas presents. Because then you're also in your, in your human society, and then you have elevated it. Because then you've also given them the gift of saying, "I'm your best friend." Do you? When was the last time either of you said to anybody, "I'm your best friend"? I rarely tell other people where my status is in their life. <laughs> hey, listen, buddy, I'm the best fucking friend you've got in this situation. Look around you. This is the best deal you're gonna get. You know what we need right now? To tell each other that we're each other's best friends. Yes. Let's I'm go in a circle. Your, okay. I'm both of your best friends. Well, you can't have both. Well, no, you can only have one. It's not how the superlative works. I'm Travis's best friend. God well, damn it. I'm, I'm Justin's best friend. That sucks. No, you messed up. No, what? I'm just being honest. I like I Griffin it. a lot. Griffin's like my second in command. Oh, Griffin, but that's my second best friend. Oh, that's good because I didn't get either of you guys any fucking Griffin, Christmas you're my, presents. You're my third best friend. Griffin, you're my third best friend. Who my first one is Hank Mardukas. <laughs> hate that dude. <laughs> Although, can I tell you something? He's he's also my best friend. That dude's yeah. gonna be swimming in Christmas presents. Let's go, buddy. I hope you die, Hank Mardukas. You're my best friend, but I hope you die. <laughs> two words. Hank Mardukas. Mardukas. <laughs> no, two different. Going on safari on you, Hank. That's <laughs> a Hank safari. Two words. No, the two words are free snacks. Did you guys ever play the Nintendo 64 game Hank Safari? <laughs> Forget, the game. The uh, gameplay was a little bit rote, but the graphics were really ahead of their time. They really realized Hank and uh, a lot of really great polygons. <laughs> Potato chips don't exist anymore. You've got to eat something delicious and wholesome. And you can get exactly that from naturebox.com. These are snacks with no artificial flavors or colors or sweeteners. There's no trans fat, no high fructose corn syrup. It's wholesome, salt of the earth type stuff. You can feel good about giving your family or hiding individual pieces in an advent calendar. I just got popping I, them out. I just got a new box yesterday. Dang it. Yeah. And I got I some. I got some kung pao pretzels. What does that Ooh. even mean? Oh, they got like a. What they taste like is like really good, really like uh, quality ramen on okay. pretzels with a little bit of Asian spice. So good. That sounds, it sounds delicious. Awesome. Uh, these are. Uh, there's even snacks on there that don't have added sugar or gluten ingredients. Uh, 
uh, I know we're always talking about the peanut butter nom noms, but it's as fun to say as it is to eat uh, and bake sweet potato fries since potato chips don't exist anymore. You can eat those. That's available to you. That's a, g- a good stop gap. Now, Justin, how much would one of these boxes cost our listeners? Free, you impeccable man. You free. Not a red dime. Free snacks. Those are the two words I want you to keep in mind. Go to naturebox.com slash my brother. Every single week we hear from listeners who said, thank you. I'm sorry I waited so long. Fuck, these snacks are good. Mm-hmm. Thank you for hooking me up with these free snacks. We package these ourselves. We hand package these free That's snacks just true. for you. I coat each nom nom in delicious peanut butter. One one by one. Each one takes me six minutes. So do the math. Hey, here's an idea. You should sign up for this. Get it in time for your holiday party. Put them out as like little snack we have noshes. No we have you no look way of so possible. good. We well, no I mean, way I'm way just saying possible. if you could. Or for a New Year's party. Yeah. Right? Or for a mid-January party. But put them out. You you're going to look. And people are going to be like, you get these at Trader Joe's? Where did you get? And be like, nope. I got a nature box and then you could tell them to go to naturebox.com slash my brother and then you're just spreading the word the good For word us. every if every person on earth went to naturebox.com slash my brother and got a free box of delicious snacks that's the kind of worldwide change that I want to bring to the world all wide around it it's time we take down big potato if you want to take down big potato you're going to need some money they have a lot of lawyers on hand uh, but but you you decided you're going to put a stop to their their starchy shenanigans, and uh, you're going to need you're going to need a war chest. So uh, it's hard to get money when it's hard to borrow it. It's hard. Nobody's got any money in the world. But if you need to borrow money, somebody else might have some, and you can get a low fixed rate loan at Prosper.com. You can borrow up to thirty five thousand dollars in as few as five days. Use the money for anything you want. Pay off high-rate credit cards. Fix up the house for the holidays. Stop Big Potato. Mm-hmm. It's weird <laughs> that they put that. It's weird that they put that in the notes. That's prescient of them. Wait a second. They, they've also mentioned Frankenstein's dick. They are the <laughs> one. How did they... How do they know about that classic future bit? Uh, if you go to prosper.com slash my brother, you can check your low rate instantly without affecting your credit. Go to prosper.com slash my brother. And for a limited time, listeners of ours, you get a $50 Visa gift card with your loan. So that's just a bonus. 50 bucks. You can blow in anything you want. Prosper.com slash my brother. That's prosper.com slash my brother. Other restrictions apply. See site for program and Visa prepaid card details. All personal loans are made by WebBank, a Utah chartered industrial bank. Member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Uh, Justin? <laughs> He's having an asthma attack. Kevin, do you have some messages? Yeah, real quick. Got uh, a message for Alex and Aubrey. Double your pleasure. That's a little stinger I came up with for when a message is for two people. Perfect. A stinger. That's what we need. We need and, to interject more music in this show. Okay, well, this is great because it's from Jazz. Who says, and that's a saxophone. Uh, Jazz says, happy birthday, Alex and Aubrey. Here's a list of out-of-context inside jokes. Entrepreneurial. Wow, that's a fucking word, isn't it? Entrepreneur. God, entrepreneur. Now you're thinking about it. I am, aren't I? Entrepreneurial. Did I get it? (laughs) 
Yep. Entre- Got it in one. Entrepreneurial pirate, mouth winking. You're a stone cold fox. The old man who talks about dead teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colonies are in revolt. Gino, or perhaps Gino, gets in the pizza with you. I'm so sorry, everyone else, but hey, these are the jokes. Love, Jazz. That's probably what it's like listening to my brother. My I, brother yeah, probably. Honestly, uh, I skipped skip one. Frankenstein's dick. <gasps> Whoa, oh, weird. Got a message from Mr. Kelsch from Cat. And Cat says, Eric, ketchup needs to be refrigerated. Why did you need Stop. a message for that? Of course it does. Eric, ketchup needs to be refrigerated. Stop saying it doesn't. And that it is better warm or there will be some divorce. There we go. Love your wife. P.S. J.K. on the divorce. But seriously, cold ketchup is the right ketchup. I got some bowling alley french fries last night because my life is a garbage. (laughs) Um, Garbage body. I have a garbage body. I'm garbage all over. I played foot golf yesterday and my glutes, my whole butt. Excuse me. It's it's called soccer. Yeah. Is foot golf just no, kicking kick the ball a, you because you don't a, have a club? You kick a soccer ball into the hole, like golf. Okay. But my glutes, my butt is garbage right now. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, right. I had to eat warm ketchup, and I wanted to die. <laughs> I'm saying the divorce, it sounds sad because it sounds like you've worked a really hard time on your, your guy's love, and it's an investment and it, and special. But you got to toe a hard line against these fucking monsters. Oh, my God, guys. We... We have talked about potato-based products in literally every second of this show, and I'm so hungry for yep. potatoes right now. Yeah. I would do terrible things to some potato. A raw potato, I would eat like a golden delicious apple. Right <laughs> now for all here. Would you pluck I off the? Would you pluck off the the, the I would eyes? Bite, I would. I would bite off the eyes, oh. chew them up, yeah. swallow them, yeah, and then I would eat the potato down. whole raw. Okay. Would you? Would you just? You would swallow it in one go? Because right now we're in big, big gulp territory. <laughs> Trademark infringement. I would just sw- hold on. Room. Wait, can we get? Would it be a Mr. Potato Head? Because then that's some good for dog. <laughs> yummy, yummy. That's some good, good for. This is all things considered. This is ninety nine percent invisible. We're listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's Bullseye, the podcast. Song Exploder does pretty much what its name suggests. Musicians break apart songs so you can hear the pieces, track by track, instrument by instrument, how they were imagined, created, and built into a composition. And all of these artistic decisions are packed into this eleven or twelve minute show. It's really fascinating to hear them explain how they fit these pieces together. The concept is simple but brilliant subscribe to song exploder at songexploder.net you can also find it on itunes or wherever you download podcasts folks your friends at my brother my brother may uh like to play experts on the podcast but sometimes uh our own uh knowledge our own expertise has limits believe it or not even after 230 episodes uh there are still things we don't know and in those situations, we call upon what we have cleverly titled in a handy bit of neologism, a guest part. 230 episodes, I think one thing that we don't know is when to stop. Just when to, like, get out on top. <laughs> Just get out of the intro. Uh, our guest today is Bill Corbett from Rift Tracks, MST3K, uh, many other, a, a current uh, a playwright, songwriter, cruise director. <laughs> I'll keep going. Power lifter. Power lifter. <laughs> Comic comic book, funny funny book, 
man. What is the comic what, book I guess, funny boy? Comic book funny boy. <laughs> I like Bill, it, guys. Bill Corbett, welcome to this program. Thank you. I am a comic book funny guy. <laughs> I'll embrace that. <laughs> uh, we have questions. Let's get right to them. Let's help people. Uh, thank ready. you, of course, so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, you guys. I love your podcast. Your your many podcasts. Read it and weep, Ms. Williams. That's said right. we wouldn't amount to anything. Aside from, I've I've been haranguing her lately. I think yeah. three episodes I've mentioned Ms. Williams. And I don't think she exists. I think she's fiction. No, because I believe she told me the same thing. I remember her saying to me, do you know how many people from Huntington, West Virginia have ever gone on to succeed in the entertainment industry? And I said, no. How many? She said, none. Which is not true. That's not 100% so true. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, get, she, she needs to be your next guest pert. She, yeah. She's dead. She's shaming. <laughs> oh, is she dead? She's dead, Bill. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> How could you? She, she I can't rem- get to you guys anymore. Don't our worry. most inspiring teacher. <laughs> I remember being in third grade. She said, you'll never be on a podcast. And that's a pretty good pull yeah. for 1993. Wait, hold on. Think about it. I think we just found the evidence that we need to overturn that one patent. So let's circle back right, to that. Now we, we got it. We okay. can't forget to circle back to that when we're done recording. We'll be certain to email that patent troll. Here we go. Questions. Aside from continuing to, quote, circulate the tapes. What can I do to help foster the skill of riffing movies in any future children I may have? It's a skill that has carried me and less enthusiastic friends through many a bad movie, whether in my school days, dealing with my mom's hallmark movie binges, or just because laughing at a bad movie seemed like fun. Is the art of riffing something we can pass on, or should I not worry about it and just hope my kids take to it naturally? That's from Zap Rousdower. Who, for uh, for those of you who know, that's a that's a MST3K deep cut. He was the hero of one of our movies. I'm not even sure that qualifies as a deep cut. That that seems okay, like okay. I'm, I'm you know that's I'm that being primo modest. stuff. <laughs> I'm being modest on behalf of the old show. Um, yeah, uh, the future children. Let's talk about the future children. And <laughs> the potential, the hypo- the at this point hypothetical maybe kids. The twinkles in this man's eye. This, this guy's priority, by the way, for like. <laughs> Of all the parenting queries, this is the gotta figure out how to teach the kids to riff. Maybe Love, he's but, nailed down all the more important ones, and he's <laughs> he's moving on to the refinement. Be, he knows how to talk to him dad. about sex. He knows how to talk to him about drugs. But how do you talk to him about bad movies? <laughs> Got it. Uh, has the college education all lined up? And um, you know, I I always think you know it's just something to take to naturally. I think he answered his own question here. It depends on your goal, really. If you just want to have a, a couple of laughs with your family and your, you know. Kids will pick up on your wise-assery, no doubt about it. Um, but if you're trying to get your career, get a career in movie riffing, uh, they don't exist, really, <laughs> outside of about a dozen of us. And it is, it is a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing to just sit there and painstakingly write. You know, I flatter ourselves, but we do, we do write like an alternative comic soundtrack to a movie so it's more than just kind of hanging around and making jokes which is fun too we tried to do it for uh, an educational short as like a max fun bonus material that i think is still out there and jesus christ that thing was like a minute and a half long and it took us like a month it was like pulling teeth it is a bit laborious yeah we are masochists first and foremost Do you take a dry run first that's basically just all of you shouting at each other and then hone from there? You know, uh, we, we used to when we uh, when during the, the old show days, I feel like an old vaudevillian here. Back in the <laughs> 90s, lads. <laughs> At the height of vaudeville. Comedy Central was still the comedy channel. <laughs> 
Well, we we actually used to just sit in a room together and look at the movie and just blurt out whatever. It was like a mass Tourette syndrome. While one poor sap, one of us had to kind of just, you know, uh, record as, as we went. And we took turns doing that to spread the pain around. But now for Riff Tracks, we just kind of each write about a, a quarter to a sixth of the movie in a first draft and take a run at it and then try to mash it all together in some Frankenstein-like first draft. Uh, over your years of riffing on terrible films both in MST3K and Riff Tracks, are there any particular mistakes or just bad ideas that you see repeated frequently? And oh. that's from Bevan Blocker, who says that his name is pronounced Bevan like Kevin. Okay. Bevan, or Beaven, if I might. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we may be familiar for a moment. <laughs> or, I feel uh, like we've grown close <laughs> enough, Bevan. <laughs> yeah, there's one. That, I don't know if my colleagues are as obsessed about it as I am, but the idea of the kind of do-nothing, personality-less uh, main hero, the protagonist, usually a chunky white dude, you know, who's considered good-looking in some by some standards of you know mostly like 1950s hollywood i guess i'm thinking of that 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 time in movie history where you could just put a sort of bland looking guy in front of a, a screen a you know six foot one white guy and just have him be the lead in your movie and not have him really have any qualities that are appealing in any way except of, that he's there except that he's there he occupies physical space sure <laughs> and um, uh, he doesn't trip over his feet i mean that's about it's it it's got to be the producers like who's the most handsome guy we know like the most handsome guy we know in real life. Right, right. I always think it's who's the least weird looking. Like they just, <laughs> no one's going to say anything. It's They don't have that nose well, or those weird ears. No one's going to be upset by his face. I think that is well put. Yeah, just a blank slate. In the case of Zap Rousdower, though, some casting director dropped the goddamn ball. Cause that... <laughs> oh, but he's great. I mean, he's comparatively great. He's he At least he does something. He drinks a lot of beer, first of all. Sure. Yes. Um, but he also runs around and shoots guys. And, you know. I wonder if people who, uh, like, make and write video games, they get a lot of their inspiration from from that very, like, bland, <laughs> like, milk toast protagonist because I don't know that you you also just accurately described uh, maybe without realizing it like every video game protagonist is just like a dude who yeah. is just like that's the thing that holds the gun that you shoot the guys with like, right, that's, right. And that's about all that you get out of it well somebody asked the question I, uh, on Twitter and um, it wasn't sorry quite good enough to make the cut but the question was good <laughs> take the, that the idea was great which is now that like watching bad movies has become such a thing that people do there are directors and studios trying to make bad movies like a shark yeah. that kind of idea and do you think that that is kind of like ruining you know spoiling the recipe because it's like no it has to be accidentally bad you yeah have to be I, I think trying. You, i think you can tell the difference and i think people who go to sharknado or sharknado 2 uh know the difference we we actually did a live show of sharknado and we'll probably go on to sharknado 2 mm -hmm. but we Saw have to we great. have to sort of just switch our gears a little bit and sort of acknowledge that yeah they are they're trying to trying to make a bad movie and trying to have you know have one over on us. Yeah. Um, so we we just try to find a way around the edges there. But yeah, I mean th there are there are these pure uncut bits of bad movie making like The Room mm -hmm. or Birdemic <sighs> that are just so great in the way that they're bad because you really you almost could not imagine that someone just tried so hard and failed so bad oh, and so beautifully. <laughs> the Room, especially, I've probably watched that movie, no joke, and I'm, I think 
I'm, I'm in good company here, probably like 30 times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like least. half and half with Rift Tracks and without. They're both really excellent. But I can watch without Rift Tracks and it's like enjoy like i'm enjoying it i don't know when the my friend dwight one summer got really into billy joel as a joke <laughs> and then the next year he was super into billy joel like legitimately <laughs> it it's the happens. billy joel flip yeah. and, and i i think i made that switch with the room like i i enjoy every second of it it's terrible did you just compare tommy Wiseau with <laughs> billy joel <laughs> you monster and billy joel <laughs> He's the something foreign Billy Joel. Yeah, uh, let's, let's not, not pin him down. Foreign. Let's not let's not pretend like we've solved the grand mystery of life. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Corbett, you guys are, are are have done a lot of movies that would traditionally, with riff tracks, I think be, be traditionally considered to be uh, good good films, even some great films. Yeah, is that, is that a lot harder? to to write gags around those, or uh, is it the same? Sort are you of talking about formula? the Apple? <laughs> no, I'm not talking. Now the apple's another one, man. I love the apple. Uh, love it so much. I have it's to so say, good. I I'm with you. I you know I watched that enough times, the apple enough times that I I just fell into its spell. <laughs> some of the song, some of the songs are really good. Yeah, they actually are not bad. Um, America starts shaking. Wow, you have you have it right there, don't you? It's he a, really loves right the apple. He made me. He made me we watch it the night before Griffin got married. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was that like was his bachelor party. I was like, no, it wasn't that. I was like super nervous. I was like nauseous for 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 being so nervous. And Justin was like, I got what you need. It was that and and beer, just like a lot of it. But there the movie. Anyway, good movies. Writing jokes about yeah, good, good movies. movies. That- um, it took a while to adjust to that because we were never able to do them on the show, and people were were kind of clamoring to for us to do at least more mainstream movies mm-hmm. um but then we just we decided to try a few that we actually kind of like like the lord of the rings i mean collectively we have more or less taste for them but jaws uh you know raiders of the lost ark and then we really tried to make a, a, a underline it three times by doing what we call the rift tracks challenge by doing casablanca and what we wind up doing really is just joke of course joking less about the quality of the movie being bad because that would be a lie um and, and just sort of roasting it in the in the old you know hollywood friar style Sure. Um, and and just finding almost like alternative narrated narratives going on in the moment, just you know imposing it on them whether they like it or not. Uh, here's a question: I'm a writer myself, uh, but I often find it hard to transfer rudimentary ideas from my brain to paper to be fleshed out. Do you have any specific i uh, process to get ideas from out from within? That's from finding a flourish in Florida. Oh, well, you're already on your way with your mastery of alliteration. Nice. <laughs> That's three Fs right in a row. There you go. Just keep up that, pal. <laughs> That's a, do a whole book of F words. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, there are so many writing teachers out there, and there's just so much nonsense. And I will probably <laughs> give nonsense here as well, because I, I just don't think it's one size fits all. But I, I can give you a general guideline, which is, um, regular, do it, do it regularly. Just do it every day if you can, or, you know, five days a week and don't do it for long. If you're, if you're struggling with the the real basics, like how do I sit my ass down and write, then just, you know, be disciplined, but be kind to yourself at the same time, which is the discipline part is making sure you show up every day and do some. The kind part is don't expect to do, you know, whatever that, that acronym is, the nano month. Uh-huh. Uh, nat- <laughs> 
that that was fun to watch you say. (laughs) It felt really good. (laughs) Travis, Um, you're you're in the studio with with Bill. Did did he put some licorice in his mouth when he tried to say that? uh, He looked like a a dog that you put peanut butter in his mouth to make it look like he was talking. It was great. I quickly put peanut butter in my mouth while while you were not looking. It was delicious. Um, yeah, I guess my point is just, you know, regular practice. There's nothing, there's no substitute for actually writing. You can't wait for ideas. You can't wait for inspiration. You just have to kind of do it. And the inspiration will come faster through that, which a lot of writers have said. We- my little part of it is that don't, don't try to like do eight or 10 hours at a stretch. You'll, you'll hate it. That's great. I mean, I need that advice. Thank you very much. We uh, we had a had more a peanut Elizabeth. butter, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's his reward. Thank you. Uh, we had a... <laughs> We had Elizabeth Gilbert on the show, the the uh, author of, of Eat, Pray, Love, who said yeah. that you should never try to write in like sweatpants and like a, cr- a like a shitty t shirt. You <laughs> should you should dress like a serious. Is that something that can you write in sweatpants in cozy wear, or do you feel like you need to be a professional businessman? I I have to dress in a full full tuxedo and tails. To, <laughs> no. I, I, I respectfully disagree with Miss Gilbert. I write in the shittiest clothes Take in the world. That. <laughs> you were here first, folks. Thread between Bill Corbett and Elizabeth thread Gilbert. Bear, threadbare garbage clothes for me. <laughs> <laughs> the garbageier, the I, better. I do like her eating and her praying and her loving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, God, Travis, you know, as Griffin or Griffin, as you were saying that, I looked down. I am wearing. Uh, sweatpants and a greetings from Tybee Island t-shirt with Uh-oh. baby vomit on. Yeah, that's oh, just yeah. that's just the Justin. Oh, that's new just dad. Is. <laughs> it's actually not his baby, Bill. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> it's designer baby vomit. It just came that you way. You pay extra for that. Pay a lot for that. Yeah, jock strap and a t-shirt. That's all you need to 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 write. I meant to mention. I love your jock strap today, Bill. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a friend who absolutely hates the concept of laughing at bad movies. For instance, he considers watching a movie like The Room to be a massive waste of time when he could be watching something better, <laughs> quote, like Transformers. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's the and, pull of this dude. You know, like Trans Brothers and Mr. Corbett. How can we get this farcical flick Debbie Downer in the right frame of mind or is this a lost cause? And that's from Bad Movie Buff in Brooklyn. Oh my God, with the alliteration in yeah. your listeners. We have a we have pretty savvy, uh, pretty savvy audience. This wow. actually, this reminds me of the first time Griffin and I watched uh, The Room with my now wife, Teresa. The look on her face was like a, a combination of like confusion and frustration. She didn't and know like why. We, she, she doesn't know why angry. we did that to her. Yeah, she just kept saying, what is this? Why are we, no. I'm testing you, darling. Yeah, and it was like, get it? And she's like, no, no, it's bad, it's just bad. And then we made her watch it like eight more times, and now she loves it. And, oh, it's the idea, but. sort of uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, it's very much like, you'll get it, honey. <laughs> He's from Stockholm. <laughs> ah, we've cracked it. Cracked it. Um, there is a, uh, there's, there's, there's a real, Problem with the premise of this question and the Transformers method. I mean, I don't know where to go with that because if you don't enjoy the room and you do enjoy Transformers, I don't understand you as a human being. It seems like to me like maybe his like through line, like he doesn't like really good movies or really bad movies, and he just wants it right down the center there, like milk toast, nothing. He likes the movie protagonist of 1950s version yes, of movies. Sure. Yeah. And he wants to be beat up by Michael Bay. 
Um, well, I mean, I, I guess there's. Why would you try to force someone to do this? I guess to marry them if yes. Travis is to be believed. But that's the only reason. <laughs> As a weird dowry. I forget what the actual question was. I, I snagged. <laughs> how do you fix? How do you fix the, this the broken question? Person. If you really break it down to, to like really parse it, is how do you get someone to like bad movies? And I don't. I don't. Th- I think it's. Uh, a little questionable as a premise. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. you're not supposed to, right? I mean, well, but here's the thing: is because I was thinking about this on the way over when I got stuck in traffic. Is the idea of I didn't start liking bad movies. I started as a kid watching MST3K with Dad, sure, and then through that, like transitioning into liking bad movies. And I think that it's an acquired taste. You know, it's a thing that's like you can't show someone who's only seen like current blockbuster quote good or bad movies and then expect them to like the room and Mano's hands of fate and get it like you kind of right. gotta like clue them in with we're going to watch something that frames it like isn't this fun to make fun of i think get- i think you are really onto something and it 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 you know, when I when I was working on the show, my parents would watch and they could not, they just couldn't get past the movies. They would mm-hmm. just go like, man, that movie was really bad. You know, that was just, just a terrible movie. So I, I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> sort of the point. I mean, we hope we could sort of take you through it a little bit, mom and dad. But yeah, and I don't, I would never force that on people yeah. unless I wanted to marry them. Uh-huh. Do, you get, them. Do, you, do you feel like you guys... Like provided a, a really valuable service to the movie industry, the filmmaking industry, where um, if a, if a movie studio, I feel like, made a really terrible movie um, before you guys came around, it was just a total loss. It was a, it was a disaster for them. But now, if somebody makes a really bad movie, it's like, well, at least somebody's gonna get some sort of like twisted <laughs> pleasure out. Like like there is a there has been cultivated among people an appreciation for bad movies that wasn't there before. So at least we've got that. At least we'll bring some modicum of joy to people. Especially now with podcasts and like YouTube, and it's like everybody talks about bad movies yeah. now in a way that like people weren't doing, you know, in the '90s. And I, I, so for example. I Was a Teenage Strangler was filmed in our hometown, Huntington, West Virginia. So when it was on MST3K, it was like this huge thing of like, it's back, we've done it. And and it also puts the lie to your old teacher's thing about mm-hmm. nobody ever making it. Uh, take that, Mrs. Williams. Well, Mrs. no, Williams. because we're all getting strangled. <laughs> <laughs> by by uh, by a fellow native, though, there right? There you go. Yeah, so. I, so it just I puts guess, our town in the best light. Just we're calling just, the herd. We're building a, a, a staircase of, of human bodies for him there to climb. There you go. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, we have wanted Hollywood to appreciate that service we provide them for years, but, but so far, so far, nothing. No, no <laughs> I just, fungible. I think uh, it, you know we're just not big enough probably to affect their sales, and that's all they care about. And when we have actually negotiated them uh, via rift tracks for bigger titles, it is all—it's like diffusing a bomb. They're very <laughs> sensitive about it, and we eventually have shook a few, you know, '90s to early 2000 titles away from them with money, <laughs> just with Kickstarter wow. money. But they're just very concerned about the the relationship, the trail of relationships they have in I'm, general. I'm imagining that conversation like, you want to make fun of Casablanca? Right. <laughs> uh, no, 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 you can't. You can't. Come do on, that. they're all dead. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you're right. My girlfriend and I live about 1,500 miles apart, and one of our favorite pastimes is watching MST3K and Rift Tracks together over Skype. Which MST3K episode of Rift Tracks VOD would you recommend for a young couple in love? That's oh, from Amorous in Austin. I don't, you know, I guess it, if he's asking me if it's something that would enhance their love or sexual <laughs> pleasure, <laughs> I'm a little scared of that question, frankly. 
What's I don't the most erotic MST3K <laughs> episode? The apple, hands down. <laughs> the Roger Daltrey looking guy running around in a loincloth. It doesn't get. Can any you more just repeat the chapter with the sex song in it? The song that takes place in the sex. I was I was drunk at that point of the movie. Uh, the the time that I watched it, but the, I do distinctly remember there being a sex song that somebody sang while having sex, which I'm I guessing think is... one of your brothers can sing it. Sex song from the apple. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna make me mad. I'm gonna, I, it's I'm, it's I'm, a double entendre, I believe. <laughs> it is a single entendre. It's one point two entendres. <laughs> I'm coming. There it There's is. The line. Oh, I'm. Co- it's very subtle. Oh, I'm <laughs> coming. This Bill, do you think just like uh, like if an actor often says like if they're gonna play like a serial killer or a terrible person, they have to find something within them that like they can relate to. Like when you guys watch bad movies or choose bad movies, like there's have to be a level on which you like it in order to make fun of it. Yeah, I mean, we have to enjoy watching it. I don't know if whether, whether that means we like it or not because there are there are definitely ones that are on our reject pile that we just have no fun at all watching. And we just, we realize that'll be the experience no matter how many jokes we sling. Yeah. Is that because they're so bad or just because there's not the opportunity or like, oh, this is so bad that there's nothing? A little of both. Sometimes it's just technical. Sometimes it's just really, really, really boring. Mm-hmm. And we don't find a way to make some fun around the boringness. I, I think that's, I, I actually think that those movies outnumber the good, bad movies. I don't know if you uh, have listened to the the Flophouse, a podcast uh, that actually very recently joined Maximum Fun, but they, they talk about bad movies uh, and they have a scale of of movie qualities. Is, is, is the movie good? Is the movie good, bad? Or is it just like not it, it, there yeah. are so there are so many movies that just lack any redeeming value, whether it be you know genuine or ironic. Oh uh, yeah, altogether. well put. Yep, uh, Bill Corbett, thank you so much for joining us on My Brother, My Brother, Me. It has been a genuine thrill and dare I say it, honor. Oh, um, uh, to shucks, have you on guys. The program. What a pleasure. Where, where nice can, talking to you guys? Where can people find your holiday themed? Comic book, superpowered revenge, Christmas. Um, you just put all those words together that you just said and add dot com, and and there's all sorts of ways to get it there. Superpowered revenge, Christmas dot com. And of course, if you've never seen Rift Tracks or MS3K, then you're dumb, and you should go do that. That those people don't. Ex- I don't think there is a Venn diagram between those things in this show. I think that it's just a big. Circle. I tend to agree. Is there anything else you want to plug? Plug anything? No, thank you. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, Bill Corbett, thank you so much for joining us, and have a great rest of your week. You too, guys. I guess it's something people say at the end of the night. <laughs> Never! I'm, just, I'm gonna do it. I'm st- I'm taking you seriously, and I'm gonna go he was ahead and plan- do that. He was fully planning on having a super shitty Friday, and you just turned it around for him. I'm going I'm, for it. I'm Terry's brother, Jerry Gross, and this has been our interview. Trav, we got a lot of, uh, uh, well, first we should say thank you to Bill Corbett for joining us. What a treat it was to have that cat on. Travis, we got a lot of uh, live shows coming up. That's great. announced a lot this week. What's what's the haps? Give me, uh, give me well, the 411. Okay. Uh, well, we already talked about. Okay, great. We already <laughs> talked about the. Okay, the color of Okay, you guys are the worst. Whoa! <laughs> we already talked about the Candlelight's live show. It's a crazy uh, game of poker. 
bit.ly forward slash Candle Nights Live. Uh, also, if you're going to be at the show or if you just have a Candle Nights question, make sure you email that to us and put Candle Nights in the subject line so we know that that's what it's about. We also just announced uh, a Los Angeles live show with my brother, my brother, me, and Sawbones on February 6th at 9.30 at the Masonic Temple in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Um, tickets for that go on sale the 16th. Uh, so and that's bit.ly forward slash mbmbamla, um, and we will also be at San Francisco Sketchfest with Jordan Jesse Go on February seventh. Um, and tickets for that go on sale. Well, they're going on sale right now. Um, and that is bit.ly forward slash mbmbam Sketchfest. Um, and make sure you grab all those tickets. And then. Also, January 6th at UCB Franklin here in Los Angeles at 11 p.m., Bunker Buddies is going to do a live show with uh, Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, tickets for that will be going on sale soon, um, and we'd love to see you there. It's going to be mine and Andy's first live show. We're very excited about it. And if you want to go to a live show for the Adventure Zone, it'll never happen because I will never be confident enough to make that happen. And we would have to swear you to silence because we record for four hours and then edit it down and to then, an hour. Yeah. You must never know the you terrible rules discussing ever, that happens. Oh, Jesus All the Christ. dull dice rolling that Griffin has edited out. All the dullest complaints. I actually leave the sound of the dice in because people like get off on that shit. So they got their ASMR. Yeah. Speaking of, go check out the Adventure Zone if you haven't yet. Um, and then also, which is our DNT podcast that we do with our dad. Um, and then go listen to Sawbones, which is Justin and Sydney's podcast. And go listen to Bunker Buddies, which is mine and Andy's podcast. And then go listen to Big Gulp if you can find it. Uh, here's a little uh, taste of uh, the Adventure Zone just for people who like uh, haven't tr- tried it out and maybe want like a little sampler box. It's, it's basically just like... I cast some magic spells at the orchid. How many points do I get? That's what our dad sounds like. And that's what our dad. If you haven't heard our dad, he is. Now, um, can we have a sample of Big Gulp as long as you're giving out free samples? Yeah, sure. This week on Big Gulp, Monstro. Sexiest whale yet? <laughs> Thanks to NatureBox. Speaking of free samples, go to naturebox.com uh, slash my brother. Sign up to get your free sampler box of great tasting, healthy snacks. Snacks. It's like a fun word. As we head into 2015, Snacks. it's a good time to think about when you want a birthday message because we'll probably end up doing it two months late. So if you want to wish someone a happy birthday or get your like Kickstarter or website or something talked about on the show, go to uh, MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron and all the instructions on how to get in the money zone are there. So go do that and we'll see you in 2015. Do you guys, do you guys think that 2015 is going to be better than this fucking dumpster of a year? Do you want to know? I I had a thought as to what the title for 2015 should be. Yeah, you told us, and it didn't really set our asses on fire like it did. You didn't like it? Well, just go and say it. 2015, and it's all about giving to others and taking care of the planet and shit. That's really good, Trav. Um, Thank you. I have one other suggestion. Uh Uh-huh. 20 drifteen, oh. fire it up. Get behind the car in front of you. Go faster as a result of air pressure reduction. Okay. 20 drifteen. Let me hit you with this, though. 20 gulp team. Mm. That's a little pr- promotional for my taste. Uh, we got a YouTube channel, mbmbam.com slash YouTube. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I went, we bought YouTube, so fuck you. <laughs> if you want to get YouTube, you got to go to my Where's my style, <laughs> slash Studio City, slash Geo City, slash Tripod, slash Angel Fire, slash YouTube, and you'll find all your videos there. Where's all my Beyonce songs? 
Oh, They're no. all at youtube.com slash is our actual address. <laughs> Thanks again to Bill Corbett, by the way, for joining us on the show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and what an honor to have that guy on. Next week okay. is our next week's our Candle Nights Live show, Spectacular. It might be up late because we're recording it like late Sunday night, and that is way later than I usually edit the show. So maybe a Tuesday episode. Sorry for the for the lateness you will get advance. it before christmas oh you'll get it yeah definitely definitely um and again like our other canonite shows that'll be clean so you can listen to it with family and not feel uncomfortable about it so and we want to say thanks to john roderick and the long winters for the use of their theme song it's a departure from the album putting the days to bed well it's our, it's our theme song not really theirs so if you're gonna steal my fucking game then just well you me. weren't doing it well you weren't uh, doing it you should listen That's, to John Roderick's Christmas album, too. Who's Red Rock? Oh, yeah, One Christmas at a Time. Him and uh, uh, Jonathan Colton did a great Christmas album that you should listen to. Uh, uh, that's going to do it for us. We're done. We're done. Final Yahoo. We love you. We love you very much. This Final Yahoo was sent in by Connor Stuxlogger. Hell of a name. Uh, thank you, Connor. It's by Yahoo Answers user. They are suspended. But when they were living, um, they <laughs> asked... Do you think Santa Claus is opposed to Obama's death panels? Wow. <laughs> I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. This has been my brother, my brother, and me. Kiss your dad. Square on the lips. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ross. Hi, Carrie. What do you think is creepier? Okay. You jump into a swimming pool. All of a sudden, the water goes away, and instead of water, there is the bones of your dead ancestors. Ew. Or mm-hmm. our show. That's pretty tough because we visited a live exorcism. We joined the Ordo Templi Orientis where we had to worship a naked lady. Oh, and we joined that Tony Alamo cult. Oh, they were scary. Super creepy. We joined the Ethereum Society. We tried penis enlargement, or at least oh, I did. Oh boy, I tried breast enlargement. We have basically done every creepy, weird, fringe thing except for thousands more, which we will get to if you listen to our show. I'd still say the swimming pool with my ancestors' bones. Well, then I don't even know if people should listen. I guess they shouldn't. But if you want to, we're at Maximum Fun, and the show's called Ono Ross and Carrie.